Tori. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Oh! Don't worry, we're here. Have no fear. Ben Bosher here on the payoff, just 10 minutes behind today. Don't worry, you'll still get a full show. Hyper local sports talk. We're here for you. Feels like this is the first day back in a rhythm. Monday, nobody worked. Tuesday, everybody kind of like half worked. Everything's back to normal today, except we started 10 minutes late. We're here. Nonetheless, it's better to be late than to never show up. Uh, I've got a super simple Lions question for everybody listening. Really simple. It's not really an open-ended question. It's black or white. It's A or B. It's X or O. It's win or loss. But before I ask that question, I got to take you back to this morning. Um, I'm scrolling through Twitter when I wake up, as a Gen Z person does. And I realize people are still really upset about what happened Saturday. I mean, it's Wednesday, and the fact that we're still talking about something that happened, what, five days ago is crazy. Instead of previewing the game that's upcoming for the Lions, the Week 18 matchup versus the Vikings, we're still talking about the way that the game ended in Dallas. People are still upset, and rightfully so. I saw on Twitter, there's a billboard in Detroit that says, Decker reported. In Detroit, you can drive by this. It says, Decker reported, and then it switches to their record, which is 11-5. and five. It is crossed out, and it says 12-4. and four. So yeah, people are still super upset. I'm still upset. But let's pause for a second and make sure we're all on the same page. The season's not over. We still have life as a team. It's not like all is lost. I could bitch about it the rest of the week rather than talking about the game versus the Vikings, but what good does that do for anybody? We can try to push the narrative, Brad Allen should be fired, but has that ever worked? No. They're not going to fire the official. It's, it's not going to happen. Do I think he should ever be allowed to ref an NFL game again? Absolutely not. He crumbled under pressure. But guess what? Whether we like it or not, he's refing the Steelers versus Ravens game this Sunday on primetime. The two-point conversion, or I, that game's on Saturday. That two-point conversion will be a talking point on the broadcast. It will be. I'm still upset. You're still upset. Everyone's upset. But we have to move forward at some point. The result of that game is not changing. It wasn't a playoff game, thank God. So the season is still alive. If it was a playoff game, I'd be leading the army of Lions fans to Brad Allen's driveway. (laughs) But the season still has life. They're still going to the playoffs. And maybe that's a, a poor way of thinking about it. I get it. People are still upset. But at some point, you can't just fixate on that. You have to move on or else it will come back to haunt you a little bit if if that's the only thing you can think about. You've got to move forward. Everyone knows the Lions got screwed. They got bent over by the NFL. The Lions, and the NFL putting out this video showing teams how to properly report eligible was an insult. Everybody agrees with the Lions on this one other than the puppets who work at the NFL Network and the delusional Cowboys fans. But who cares about what those people think? Let's not let this ruin the season. The same way Michigan didn't let the sign-stealing gate ruin theirs. And yes, cheating, getting screwed by the NFL, two completely different things.
But when Tony Petiti unfairly suspended Jim Harbaugh, for what reason? Never really got an answer on that. When Harbaugh got suspended, they didn't fold. They thrived. The Lions can still thrive going forward. Because right now, how many teams are playing better than the Lions? Niners? Ravens? Who else? Nobody in the NFC. The Cowboys are the the two seed, but they just showed they can go to Dallas and win. The Eagles look like a mess. Even in the AFC, what? Bills? Maybe. Dolphins? Maybe. You can't really name five better teams than the Lions right now. They're peaking at the right moment, whether they won that game or lost. I mean, think about it like this. They win that game, they're the two seed, and we rest our starters on Sunday. Like, you have to move forward. Which brings me to my question that I hinted at at the beginning of the show. What team do you want to see in the first round of the playoffs? Let me break it down. The Lions are more than likely locked into that three seed. There's a slim chance they can climb up and get the two seed, but that would require the Cowboys losing to the Commanders, the Eagles losing to the Giants, and the Lions beating the Vikings. All three of those things, unlikely if you ask me. They can't go lower than the three seed, so for the purpose of this conversation, let's just say the Lions are the three seed, meaning they would play the six seed. The only two teams that can acquire the six seed as of right now and going forward, are the Packers and the Rams. The Rams will be in San Francisco this week, and if they win, the sixth seed is theirs. However, they're resting Stafford, trying to get him healthy for the playoffs, or they're trying to avoid the Lions. I'll let you be the judge of that one. Aaron Donald is also out, Cooper Cup is also out, and the running back Kyron Williams is also out. They don't care about this game, but neither do the Niners. Brock Purdy is not playing. It sounds like Christian McCaffrey will also not be there. So we get a fun Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz matchup over there. If the Rams lose and the Packers beat the Bears, the Packers are the sixth seed. The Packers are a three-point favorite in Lambeau, a place Chicago hasn't won since 2015. When I looked that up, I didn't think it was real. I had to like confirm it on a different site. They haven't won in Lambeau since 2015. They have lost 14 of their last 15 games to Green Bay. I thought we got dominated by Green Bay for a while, but that is, <laughs> that's a different level of domination. So with that being said, would you rather play the Packers or would you rather play the Rams? Stafford homecoming or division foe? High power offense, physical defense. A team you haven't seen all season long or a team you have already seen twice. 989-837-6125. I want to hear from everyone else. Let's talk this thing through because I have my answer. I think it's, in my opinion, an easy choice, but I'm not set in stone in it. I want to hear from others. I want to keep this conversation rolling and hear from everyone on who the more likely opponent is. Who's the more favorable matchup for these Detroit Lions? We can sit here and talk about the Lions getting screwed. If you guys want to do that the whole show, Fine. If the text keeps rolling, if the text keep rolling in, we can do it. I'm down to keep complaining about Brad Allen, but in my mind, you have to move forward at some point, and that's what I'm trying to do here. In the playoffs, only two, really, really, only two opponents you're going to see: the Packers or the Rams, depending on who gets that sixth seed. So, with that being said, I'll throw the number out one more time. I want to talk this thing out. 
989-837-6125. I've got my answer. I'll give it to you on the other side of this. But I want to hear from others. I want to see where the consensus is for this question. Packers or Rams? Division foe, Stafford homecoming. You tell me who the more favorable matchup is for the Lions. 989-837-6125. That, a little bit more Lions to get to today. 10 minutes behind, but we're still cruising. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. So I've, I've asked a question. I've called for the people to answer. Who would you rather see in the playoffs? The Rams? Or the Packers. Those are the two most likely teams you're going to play. Odds are no one else even has a chance. So only two teams that can get the sixth seed. The Lions are all but likely to get that three seed. Hosting the first playoff game in Ford Field in the history of the franchise. Who would you rather see? It's, it's really a simple question. Rams, Packers. Division foe, someone you've seen twice. Or Stafford homecoming, a team you haven't seen all season long. I'm not asking, it's not rocket science. I just want to talk this thing out. Who would you rather see? Because I have my answer, and to be honest, I think it's an easy choice. I don't think there's much of a debate, but I'm open to hearing what others have to think, which is why I'll throw out the number one more time, 989-837-6125. So Frick Sports Bar text line, you guys can text in however you feel, or give us a call. When I'm thinking about who I'd rather play in the playoffs, well, the first thing you got to think about is, okay, what are the Lions' weaknesses? Well, uh, their pass defense comes to mind before anything else. They give up 240 air yards a game. It's the seventh worst mark in the NFL. Specifically, if you want to get even more down to it, I think it's less to do with the mobile quarterbacks and more so to do with we just flat out can't stop wide receiver ones. We just can't do it. I mean, you guys saw what CeeDee Lamb did on Saturday. 227 yards and a touchdown. The week before, Justin Jefferson, 141 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave with Derek Carr throwing him the ball, of all people, 119 yards. DJ Moore, 96 yards and a touchdown. Christian Watson, 94 yards and a touchdown. You guys remember the Keenan Allen Chargers game, 175 yards, two touchdowns. Every week they struggle against the other team's best wide receiver. They just can't do it. Will C.J. Gardner-Johnson help that? Maybe. I don't think it's a lock. But if you see the Cowboys in the playoffs, odds are you got to figure out a way to slow down C.D. Lamb a little bit. But he's probably still going to get his. It just is what it is. It's not the strength of his team. It's actually the biggest weakness. And to be honest, it's really the only weakness this team has as a glaring hole. And when you look at Rams versus Packers, who'd you rather play? The Rams don't just have one wide receiver one. They got two of them things. Puka Nakua. He needs 27 yards to break the all-time rookie receiving yards record. Granted, the one more game, sure. If you want to knock him for that, go for it. But nonetheless, a fantastic rookie year. He only needs four catches to break the rookie reception record. He's a stud. And then on top of that, uh, who's that guy? Oh, Cooper Cup. He's 30 years old. Maybe he's not Pete Cooper Cup that we saw two years ago. He's still going to give this team some problems, guys. The fact that the Rams have two wide receiver ones 
two guys truly capable of carrying an offense and like forget about the Matthew Stafford narrative the homecoming narrative if this guy never played on this team this is like never played in Detroit this is still a scary matchup for the Lions in terms of how the Rams are built now then you got to ask yourself okay what are the Lions strengths well they're good at controlling the line of scrimmage on offense PFF's number two graded offensive line. They're really good at running that ball, top five in yards per carry. And I'd argue, when Jared Goff has time, it's a strength. When the pocket's clean, he's got a 22 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. Third highest passing grade, according to PFF. Third most yards, fifth best completion percentage. He's a weapon when he has time. When he's protected, He's a stud when he's got a clean pocket. And then, of course, the other strength of this team is the run defense. They only allow 88 rushing yards per game. You guys saw it in Dallas. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. Well, neither of these teams rack up a ton of sacks, so you don't really have to worry about Jared Goff being under pressure. I think they're going to be able to keep a clean pocket whether they play the Rams or the Packers. I get it. Aaron Donald's there. Rashawn Gary's there. There's just one guy. They don't have great units. Both are at the in the bottom half in terms of total sacks. I think both teams have 16 sacks right now. But Green Bay can't stop the run. I mean, they allow 131 yards per game. The Lions, they've already ran for 351 yards on them this season alone. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Ben, the Lions have already lost to the Packers. Jared Goff fumbled three times in that game. And I know everyone's confidence level is a little bit different in Jared Goff. But personally, I think that's pretty unlikely to happen again. Three fumbles, odds are that's not happening. That's the outlier. They already had their stinker game against the Packers. The Lions lost the turnover battle 3-0 on Thanksgiving and gave up a defensive touchdown and still only managed to lose that game by seven points. They already got their bad game out of the way versus Green Bay. Well, Ben, it's it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah, it is. Damn right it is. Beating the Lions twice is going to be really hard. So for that reason, I want Green Bay in the first round, and I want Dallas in the second round. Oh, I pray we get to go back to Dallas and show them what's up. It is hard to beat a team twice, and I get it. There's the whole, well, playing a division team in the playoffs – They have all the film on you. They've played you twice. They know you like the back of their hand. Well, guess what? We're the better team. No doubt about it, the Lions are the better team. They should have beat them on Thanksgiving. They didn't. So what? We'll get over it. Jordan Love played a really good game. He'll probably play another good one. But guess what? This game's going to be played in Ford Field. Yeah, they already beat us in Ford Field. Great atmosphere. But playoff Ford Field? I think I saw the tickets today just to get in the door were $500 plus. If you're paying premium money to go to this game, oh, you better be loud. This is going to be a frightening scene in Detroit. Whenever that first playoff game is, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, don't care. I don't see them losing this game if they're playing the Packers. The Rams, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, it's not that I'm scared of Stafford. It's just how they're built. Not scared of Stafford coming home. I'm just scared of their offense. 
The Lions can't guard the other team's wide receiver ones. They've got two of them and a quarterback who gets both of them the ball a lot. Oh, this team is so balanced. Kyron Williams has been a problem all season long for teams to stop. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They can do it all. They're playing some of the best football of their season right now. They're peaking at the right time. And when Stafford, Cup, and Nakua are all healthy, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL. So forgive me if I want to play the Packers. And let's think about it from this angle, too. As much as it'd be fun from a national standpoint, oh, um, Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit, homecoming. It's a great narrative. You know what else is a great narrative? Taking that Green Bay team by the throat and punching them in the mouth for four quarters and eliminating them from the playoffs. After all the pain they've put us through, I guess some people want to see Stafford come home. I'm good on that, man. I'm good. Guess who's going to have a statue built of them uh, potentially outside of Ford Field? Guess what? It's not Matthew Stafford. This is a better era of Detroit football. I get it. Stafford was a great quarterback. He was a nice piece for a decade in Detroit, but it's all he was. He didn't win us a playoff game. Jared Goff could go do that. I don't care about Stafford coming back. He already got his ring. Happy for him. Hope he goes and wins another playoff game somewhere else. I want to take Green Bay out of this thing. But what do you guys want to do? 989-837-6125. We'll start with Zach. Um, Zach says, <laughs> from Saginaw here, Lions versus Rams. Don't care. Want it to happen. Yes, I'm reporting as eligible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can, we can play that game all day if you want. Also, Rams D-line versus Lions O-line would gr- be a great matchup here. Uh, I tend to agree with you there. You know what else would be a fun matchup? Playing against the Packers defensive line that can't stop anybody. They allow 130 yards a game. Detroit's already ran for like 370 yards on these guys. Jay from Gladwin. Packers for sure. No one wants to play the Rams right now. 100% agree. They're peaking at the right moment, just like the Lions are for that matter. Like the line, I get it. They lost on Saturday, guys. Like, but does that really change how you view this team? It doesn't change how I view them. I look at that pack, like the result of that game, whether or not that two point conversion counted or not, it does not change how I feel about the team. They showed up to Dallas as a six point underdog and only lost by one. Should have won the game. Everything we saw from that indicated they were the better team. Yeah, they couldn't stop CeeDee Lamb, but guess what? They were six-point dogs. What team in the NFC is playing better football than the Lions outside of San Francisco? The answer is nobody. There was a point in the season where it was, the Lions are good, but I don't know if they're as good as the Cowboys or the Eagles. No, Now I'm walking into the playoffs hoping they get to see the Eagles at some point. Eagles are awful right now. They have so many problems. That all started when they named Matt Patricia as their defensive coordinator. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? They just lost to the Cardinals, who are trying to lose. And then Cowboys just showed they can go to Jerry World and win. You guys keep texting in 989-837-6125. Packers or Rams? Who would you rather see in the first round of the playoffs? For me, it's Packers, and then I want to see the Cowboys because you know what? It's hard to beat a team twice. 
It's really hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat the Lions twice. I'm not scared of Green Bay. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat the Lions twice. This is a great football team. There was speculation whether they were good or great during the middle of the season. No, they're great. So I dare Green Bay to come to Ford Field in the postseason and try to beat the Lions for the second time. 989-837-6125. We'll get to the rest of the text next. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. All right. This has been a good conversation. 989-837-6125. Who would you rather see in the playoffs? The Packers or the Rams? We're trying to talk this thing out. I say Packers. I I really don't think it's that close. I'm open ears to other conversations. I want to hear from other people why they'd rather play the Rams, whether that's a matchup based, whether that's you just solely want to see Stafford. It's for the storyline. I'm just trying to hear from everybody else. 989-837-6125. I'm just talking this thing out. Uh, Dwayne from Bay City. <laughs> Leave it up to Dwayne to always, always say something to make us laugh. Um, Cam Sutton sucks, and we need to play Branch at QB and use Sutton as a blitzing nickel to make up for the pass defense. Uh, I don't know. Brian Branch has been one of the best nickel cornerbacks in the league. I think that's a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, Sutton hasn't been great. I'll give you that. Sutton has, has I don't want to say been disappointing because I don't think the Lions have really set him up to succeed. Listen, when he was in Pittsburgh, he was really good as their cornerback too. He was never their CB1 over there. Now he is in Detroit and all of a sudden he's guarding the best wide receivers in the league. Okay, we found out year one, kind of out of his abilities. Now, the hope is you bring in more than likely a rookie in the first round to replace that role and then move Cam Sutton to the outside because Cam Sutton is a above average corner. Yeah, he can't guard CeeDee Lamb, can't guard DJ Moore, but he can guard Brandon Cooks and Darnell Mooney. Like he can do that very well up the sideline. That's kind of his strength. Um, but I, I wouldn't say only using Branch as a nickel. He's not quick enough to do that. Jalen from Mid... Oh, and Dwayne also says uh, he'd rather play the Packers. Jalen from Midland. I heard huge on the huge show today say he'd rather avoid Stafford and the Rams in the playoffs. That is cowardly mentality. To be a great team, you have to be the best and not afraid to play the best. I, I mean, that's that's fair. You shouldn't... You shouldn't be fearful. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you I'm scared of the Rams, but I think they're the better football team than the Packers. And when you haven't won a game in 30 years in the playoffs, don't you just want that monkey off your back? Don't you just want to break that streak and not have to worry about it? Like, yeah, I'm going to be more worried about playing the Rams. More worry doesn't mean I'm I'm panicking. I I think they're going to lose. I think they're probably favorites no matter what, but I'm just trying to break this 30-year streak of not winning a playoff game, and I think the Packers are the better outcome for that. But, I mean, I mean, if you guys think it's the Rams, I want to hear why. 989-837-6125. Michael from Midland. Let's see what Michael has to say. Ben, you're right. Thank you. We can't beat, uh, we can beat the Rams or the Packers at home in the playoffs. We can beat anyone, anywhere. How do we beat the refs, though? Preach. It's a great question. Um... <laughs> The refs are undefeated, man. I, I don't know what to tell you in that one. 
Um, we'll keep the conversation rolling if you guys want to, but I want to, I want to do something new. Um, there's been a lot of winners in the past week. There's been a lot of whiners in the past week. So let's play a little game called winners and whiners. First of all, starting with the crybabies, give it to me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the first whiner. Uh, how about David Tepper? You guys hear about this or see this? Uh, Panthers owner got fined 300K this weekend in Carolina. Why? He threw a drink at a fan. What? This is like a billionaire guy. What are you doing letting fans get you this upset? Oh, I'm sorry. The Bears, of all franchises, the Bears broke you so bad in a trade, bent you over so far in this trade that you have no future, your team stinks, you don't have your first-round draft pick. Dude, that's your fault. Why are you throwing drinks at fans? I mean, this 300K is nothing to this guy. Nothing. But this is such a bad look for the NFL. Everyone already thinks all these owners are scumbags. Thanks for confirming that, David Tepper. Uh, how about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson and James Houston, both expected to play on Sunday. Both were injured in the Week 2 game against Seattle. It sounds like, or I'm sorry, not James Houston, Ali McNeil. I screwed that one up. Ali McNeil and CJ Gardner-Johnson both expected to make their returns this Sunday versus the Vikings, kind of ease them back in before the playoff start. CJ Gardner-Johnson's been dealing with a pec injury. James, uh, Ali McNeil, interior guy, had a great quote in the locker room. Said, They said, what do you want your sack goal to be the rest of the season? He said, I don't care. Whether I have 0-14, we're trying to win games. Love it. Uh, how about another whiner? <laughs> Alex Lyon, Billy Huso, and James Reimer. 4.27 goals allowed per game in December. Worst in the NHL. They are now four points out of a playoff spot after that fantastic start that the Red Wings had. Doesn't sound too bad, only four points out. Here's the problem. There's five teams either four points out or less. They fell off a cliff because of the defense, and a lot of it has to do with the goaltending. Worst Goals allowed per game in the NHL in December. All these goalies get a huge thumb that thumbs down uh, from good old Ben Bosher. How about another winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Caitlin Clark. Oh my God. Did you guys see this yesterday? It's local. Went down to East Lansing and just murdered the Spartans. 40 points and a buzzer beater. I mean, Caitlin Clark, man, is by far, hands down, the most entertaining star in college basketball, men's or women's. It's way more entertaining to watch any of her games. She's literally the Steph Curry of college basketball, men or women's. The last year and a half, women's college hoops has been way more fun. If, you, if you're refusing to watch it, you're missing out. I'll just tell you that. How about another whiner? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Shocker. He ends up on this list. Um... Listen, I'm not going to dive into the most recent Aaron Rodgers drama. You guys can look that up on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever you want. But he said some just outlandish stuff again on the Pat McAfee show. And this time it finally crossed the line. ESPN's got to ban this guy from going on that McAfee show. You can't talk about It's slander. You can't talk about people like that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go look it up. It's, it's awful. How about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, I, I did um, bash all the Red Wings goalies. How about Lucas Raymond? 
22 points in 25 games in the last 25 games for the 21-year-old. Had three assists yesterday versus the Sharks in the 5-3 victory. Huge win for the Wings. Down to the wire. This game didn't end until like, I want to say one in the morning. Oh, it was worth staying up. Worth every single second of it. 3-3 in the third. End up scoring late, and then they get the empty net goal. Loved every part of it. How about another whiner? How about a whiner? Um, Paul Feinbaum. This is the, the Michigan hater. This is the SEC spokesperson. He backpedaled on his little asterisk quote that he had a couple of months ago when he said, well, if Michigan wins a national championship, there should be an asterisk and it shouldn't count. It should be nullified. He backpedaled on that. He said, uh, he said, I I have to, I have to take that statement back. What they did against Alabama was a championship performance. Oh, really? Oh, really? Thanks, Paul Feinbaum. Glad it took you watching Michigan wipe Alabama into the floor. I mean, not in a literal sense on the scoreboard, but go look at some of those plays from the O-line. They, they destroyed that Alabama defense. Um, I hope ESPN, ESPN bans Paul Feinbaum too. He also said Harbaugh's 100% out the door. Dude, nobody knows what's going on with Harbaugh. Be quiet. Uh, how about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks. I, I mean, that wasn't going to be the story coming out of that game. It was always going to be that Brad Allen thing. It was always going to be the Lions getting screwed by the refs. But secretly, Aiden Hutchinson has three sacks in that game on primetime television. Kind of a breakout game for him. Um, and then he goes on the St. Brown Brothers podcast and calls this Brad Allen thing. Well, it, it's destiny for us. We're going to respond to this well. I'm glad it happened because I want to get back down to Dallas. I love it. I love that stuff from Aiden Hutchinson, who's now up to nine and a half sacks on the year, quietly, and maybe not at the top of the NFL like we wanted, but if he can get another one on week 17, it's a pretty good number, guys. It's a pretty good number. Maybe good enough to get him into the Pro Bowl. Talk about that later. How about another whiner? (laughs) JJ, oh, you went the whole season never saying one thing wrong. What is this story? This quote says, JJ says, About 80% of college teams steal signs. We actually had to adapt because in 2019, 2020, Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal. We had to get up to their level they were playing at and make it an even playing field. Why would you say, what's the upside of saying something like that? You're just admitting to the scandal. And I guess no one was sitting here thinking, well, I wonder or not if Michigan did it. Obviously, Michigan did it, but like you went... Six months not saying anything, and now right before the national championship game, you're giving people reason to not like you, man. Come on. How about a winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Vegas, man. Whoo! Isn't Vegas always a winner, though? That's what they say. This Michigan versus Alabama line was one and a half for a month. Alabama had money pouring onto them. Everyone was on Alabama. Yet, what happened? Right before kickoff, it goes up to two and a half. Guess what happens? Michigan covers. One more whiner. <laughs> Seth McLaughlin, the Alabama center, who entered the transfer portal today. I guess that's what happens when you get to play Michigan's defense for 60 minutes. You are no part of that ever again. Go play in the Mac, man, because that's going to fix your snapping problems. Hey, my quarterback's too... Uh, too athletic to catch all these passes that I'm, or all these snaps that I'm throwing to his ankles. Come on, man. What do you think? It's going to be better elsewhere? You want a less athletic quarterback to catch all your terrible snaps? Whiner. 
Uh, all right, let's circle back to the 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 Packers or the Rams conversation next. 989-837-6125. Plus, how many Lions are going to make the Pro Bowl? We'll find out tonight. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Say Happy New Year to everybody. It's a great way to start the new year. Happy New Year. Uh, Packers or Rams? That's been the question of the day. We'll hit the text line one more time, and then I want to talk about this this Pro Bowl, which it, it is what it is. I, I don't typically watch the Pro Bowl. It's nice to get your guys nodded, get the nod to go be on that Pro Bowl, and I think the Lions are going to have a lot more people than people realize on those NFC Pro Bowl rosters. Uh, text line, Trent texting in. Give me the Packers all day. I'll take my chances that love cracks in a tough playoff game versus Stafford. Also, I love Dan Campbell, but for our first playoff game, keeping Sean McVay out of town doesn't hurt. That is a great point. Uh, Overall, no matter who it is, line them up. Let's go Lions, Trent. That's a really good point. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't hurt to have Sean McVay not come to town. Like, this is an experienced coach. This is an experienced quarterback. This is an experienced roster who's been to a Super Bowl before. Dan Campbell's never been in the playoffs as a head coach. Neither is Ben Johnson. Neither is Aaron Glenn. And I, I don't actually, I think Aaron Glenn has, um, but I, I don't understand why people are asking the Rams to come to Detroit. Like, yes, it'd be fun for the national media. It's not the, it's, it, they're the better team. I, mean, I don't fear them. But I'd so much rather play the Packers. Um, and the, the point about love cracking, great point, because this is love's playoff game too. I would love to see a court, a, a essential, not a rookie quarterback, but a guy who's got his first full season in as a starter in the playoffs. Goff's the one. Goff would be the way more experienced quarterback if that's the case. So, yeah, I, I would gladly take the Packers as well. I agree with you, Trent. Uh, let's flip gears, close out the show. I want to talk about how many Lions we think are going to be in this Pro Bowl. So this comes out at 8 o'clock tonight. We get to find out the Pro Bowl rosters. The fan votes already came out. Now, how this works, it's weird. It totally could be rigged, and I wouldn't be surprised. But the fans get one-third of the vote, the players get one-third of the vote, and the coaches get one-third of the vote. How it's all mathematically tied together uh, is beyond me. I'm not a statistician like Brad Tunney is, but... It works something to that degree. I, I don't know 100%, but fans, players, coaches all get one-third of the vote. Now, 13 of the 20 positions, based on the fan voting, were led by 49ers players. That's ridiculous. That includes quarterback Brock Purdy. That includes their punter and their log snapper all coming out on top. Those 49er fans, they showed up. They showed up to those, uh, those voting polls. The Lions have zero guys atop the polls which is somewhat expected. I guess Panay Sewell probably could have been that top guy, but if, if you're looking at just the fan voting, Trent Williams is probably going to get that, the San Francisco tackle. He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not saying Panay Sewell isn't, but I mean, if Trent Williams retired tomorrow, he'd be going to the Hall of Fame. But if you're asking me, all right, how many of these Lions do you think showed up on this list? The guys that come to mind are Amon Ross St. Brown, Panay Sewell, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, Frank Ragnow, and Sam Laporta. Well, turns out even more guys made it on the top 10 for their list for their respective positions based on solely the fan voting. Laporta was fourth amongst tight ends. 
Amon R. St. Brown was seventh amongst receivers. Sewell was fifth. Montgomery was eighth. Gibbs was fourth. Goff was eighth. Kirby Joseph made the list at 10th. I thought he's had a terrible year, to be honest. Hutchinson, seventh. And then Ragnow, fourth amongst centers. Now, how many of those guys will actually make the Pro Bowl? I mean, I I think Goff is a given at this point. Dak and Purdy are the only guys ahead of him for NFC quarterbacks. And when you take into consideration the player vote, I feel like they'll probably lean Hurts on that one, maybe even Fields. But the coaches should should all line up to vote for for Goff based on the stats, based on the like. I feel like it's almost a uh, and the, based on the record winning the NFC. I feel like it's almost a given and a waste of time to talk about whether or not Goff's going to be a Pro Bowler. I feel like he is going to be one of those three quarterbacks. It's going to be him, Purdy, and Dak. The other guys, well, Gibbs. You know, I thought Gibbs had a chance to be a Pro Bowler, and the more I looked into the numbers, the more I'm like, oh my, this, of of course this guy's a Pro Bowler. Only Christian McCaffrey is ahead of him in terms of NFC fan voting. The two are tied for yards per attempt at 5.4. Think about that. He's tied with Christian McCaffrey. Nobody has more 20-yard runs in the NFL than Jameer Gibbs, and he's had way less attempts than all these other top guys on the list of yards and touchdowns. He has 900 yards, nine touchdowns. He's doing it on way less touches than everyone else. If he had as many looks as McCaffrey, I'm telling you, he'd, he'd blow McCaffrey's numbers out of the water. Maybe not out of the water. Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. But he would be up there in terms of McCaffrey numbers. Now, we just don't give him the ball as much. Is that going to hurt his Pro Bowl stock? Maybe. I don't, I don't care. We're winning football games. How about Pene Sewell? So, so yes, I think, I think Jameer Gibbs is a lock. I, I don't think they would give two running backs a Pro Bowl nod from the same team by any means. So, sorry, Montgomery. I don't think you're making this one. Uh, Panay Sewell, listen, the, the two San Francisco guys are ahead of him. He's the first rate of tackle in PFF, highest run block grade. You got to assume the coaches and the players are going to get this guy in. I don't think both tackles for San Francisco will be there. Um, based on every single metric, the pressures to go, Panay Sewell should be a lock to go to his second Pro Bowl in two years. In th- Second Pro Bowl in a row, third of his, second of his career in three years um, for the 23-year-old generational talent. Sam Laporta, this is this is a tough one because there's two spots for tight ends. Now, Kittle and Hawkinson, those are the guys he's competing against. They had more votes than him based on the fan stuff. 17 more catches than Kittle, Laporta has. Doesn't have as many yards as either of them, but has nine touchdowns, which leads all tight ends. I'd have to imagine he probably doesn't make the initial team just because they're probably going to give the nod to the veterans. But Hawkinson's done for the year, so I do think Sam Laporte is going to end up being his replacement. He has to be. Now, Hutchinson, this is where I was like, yeah, Hutchinson's not going to make it. He doesn't have the sack numbers. And then I pulled him up and was like, oh, wait, he, he does have the sack numbers now after that three-sack performance on Saturday night versus the Cowboys. The only NFC guys to have more sacks or to have more fan votes than Aiden Hutchinson are Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Nick Bosa. He's already got more sacks than Chase Young. Who's at 7.5. Hutch is at 9.5. Taking into consideration, he leads the league in pressure, or he's third in pressures. I think he's going to get a lot of the coaching and player votes too. So I, I, I do kind of think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be a pro bowler for as quote unquote disappointing as a season he's had. He's going to be on the pro bowl team. Uh, we'll find out at eight o'clock. Amon Ross St. Brown. This one's weird. Both 49ers receivers, Brandon Ayuk and Debar ahead of him. 
CeeDee Lamb is ahead of him. DJ Moore is ahead of him in terms of fan voting. How do we let the Chicago fans get DJ Moore ahead of him? Come on, guys. Amon Ross St. Brown now has the second most catches in football. Only CeeDee Lamb has more. He has the fourth most yards. Only CeeDee Lamb is ahead of him in terms of NFC guys who have had more fan votes. He's nine touchdowns again. Only CeeDee Lamb's ahead of him in terms of the guys who had more votes than him in the NFC. There's only three spots. He's going to get one of them. He has to get one of them. He's wide open every play. He's going to -to back-to-back Pro Bowls. And then Frank Ragnow, I mean, we'll see. He's going against Kelsey in the 49ers center, so we'll we'll see on that one. But I do think six different Lions are going to make it, two more than last year. I think Goff is a lock. Panay Sewell's a lock. Gibbs is a lock. Laporta, I think, ends up being a replacement. Hutt should be on there. Amon Ra should be on there. There's six right there, and we'll see about Frank Ragnow. Comes out at 8 o'clock tonight. Um, most people don't even watch it. I mean, I I'm, can tell you right now, I will not be watching Pro Bowl festivities. No matter what they try to do, I think they're, they incorporated a tug of war in there now between the offensive linemen. They have like a fastest guy in the NFL race. I'll, I'm, I'll see the clip of that on Twitter. I'm not going to tune into it live. But they should just make the Pro Bowl. Is it flag football now? Is that what it is? I, I don't even like. I don't even know because it's it's so irrelevant to the sport. No one cares. Why would they? You don't want to get hurt. Half the guys opt out. Pro Bowl is one of those things where it's like, okay, if your guy makes it, if my quarterback makes it, well, my quarterback's a blank time Pro Bowl or Jared Goff four time Pro Bowl or whatever. But like. If Justin Fields makes it, I'm like, ah, he's just a replacement. Tyler Huntley made a, a freaking Pro Bowl a couple years ago when everyone in the AFC opted out and you had a backup quarterback as a Pro Bowler the year Lamar was hurt. I don't know what they could do to fix it. That is, that's the problem. There is no fix to this thing at all. They try to do all these highlights. Uh, who can make the best highlight catch? Who cares? This isn't a real game. But, I mean, we'll find out at 8 o'clock which one of these Lions guys uh, will be on the list. I think it's going to be six, two more than last year. I believe that would be a franchise record for the most guys on the Pro Bowl um, in one calendar season. So, we'll find out. Uh, All right. That just about does it. Had to start a couple minutes late today. Got to end on time because we're sending it out to East Lansing for the Michigan State Coaches show. Um, Tom Izzo answering questions. They'll be in action tomorrow night right here on 100.9 The Mitt. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it, guys. Thanks for listening. From the Blazy Electric Studios.